Hello, and welcome to part two of our discussion on why we love Marvel. This is your friendly narrative practitioner, Derek, here, back in action. And just want to let you know that this is a part two indeed. And so we are picking up right where we left off in part one. So if you, if you have not heard that episode where we discuss the history of Marvel, the superhero mythos, how we were introduced to Marvel, and what makes comic book storytelling so great, I'd highly recommend that you check that out before diving into this adventure that we are about to go on. So buckle up and let's do this thing. Here we go. Hello, and welcome to the All Things Narrative Podcast, where we explore the relationships between the stories we love and the stories we live. I'm your host, Derek Hatch, and let's get started. I will oblige now and transition into films and television. Done <laughs> Yeah. So, we're again, we're limiting this to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And Inglourious Banks. <laughs> One of the it's great. Please, please. Can, we, can we talk about that movie sometime? This is the best Tarantino movie. Yeah. That is yes. by it, best, it, better it, than it, Django. It, I'm sorry, yes, yes it is. better yes, than it is. Django. Django. It probably I is Pulp Fiction, Django. just based oh, on impact. So but Inglorious Bastards is my favorite. It's I agree. Still might, it still might be the best Ingl- one. It, it, it is one of the greatest movies I've ever seen it's yeah. so much in my fun. life. Yeah. But we're not here to talk about Tarantino today. There's always room to talk about. So I want to give a few disclaimers before we jump into this. Number one, in order to not get overwhelmed with this conversation, we are not going to talk about Spider-Man or X-Men in this episode. We've all agreed on this Mm -hmm. because we will do separate episodes on both of those. Spider-Man will be out in August, which is the 60th anniversary of that character. And then X-Men will be out in the fall. So those episodes are coming, but we will not talk about those. We, we will like Spider-Man's in, you know, some the of the Avengers, Avengers movies. Stuff, so yeah. we will talk about them in those, but we're not talking about any solo Spider-Man stuff or solo X-Men stuff. We're saving that for separate episodes because those are whole episodes in and of themselves. The mm-hmm. second disclaimer I want to give is we've all decided that our focus in terms of talking about the films or, or the properties, I should say, is going to be on the Infinity Saga. Mm-hmm. So I know Marvel's made some new stuff the last couple years in Phase 4, but kind of like what we did with the Skywalker Saga for Star Wars, we're going to really hone in on the Infinity Saga because that is a complete story that we can talk about from beginning to end. And that's the that's the first 23, right? First 23, yes. The first 23 for in the movies. So try to for limit those it. Don't know. Yeah, so yeah. try to limit and, and and TV shows or that came out around that time are fair game as well. Yeah. But nothing post Spider-Man Far From Home. Um which but we're not even going to really talk about Far From Home because that's yeah. a yeah, solo Spider-Man, Spider-Man film. Yeah. So really post Avengers Endgame. Yeah. None of that so, really matters cuz we're only going to just talk about Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, Ant Man. So after Fantastic Four was created, Ant Man was next. So really? don't don't oh, sleep wow. on Ant Man. This is second Marvel second, comic second, ever. Second prop. No, not ever, but from the Silver Age when Stan Lee started oh, okay. creating them all. That's funny. So Marvel Cinematic <laughs> Universe. So really started with that 2008 Iron Man film. Marvel Studios making their first film, where the comic book creators are making the film and they're being brought into the process intentionally mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So yeah, it's it's a wonderful thing, and we all know the famous post credit scene with Thanos, Samuel right? Jackson. Wow. Yep. Oh, yeah. Since we're talking about Tarantino, I might as well transition. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson yeah. comes out and says, "What does he say, Mr. Stark?" Yeah, I'm Nick Fury, and I want 
to start the, the Avengers initiative. Yeah. Yep, you're and a funny thing about you're that, part of a bigger universe. And funny thing about that, why Samuel Jackson is actually this um, Nick Fury in the uh-huh. MCU because in the Ultimate Comics, yes, he looks like Nick Fury. Hey, but there they, you yeah, go, comic book that, references. But they did that before, like the MCU. So yes. Nick Fury could have not Nick Fury. Samuel Jackson could have sued them because it was like, hey, this looks exactly like me with just yes. an eye patch, but. He was like, if you do movies with the comic, like with that character, I have to play that character. That's how yeah. it worked out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's why it's that's, great. That's a he's, he's a G, way of making man. money. Yeah. yeah, and that's just like Samuel Jackson with Star Wars. Like, hey, I just want a purple lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was him too. That yeah. was all him. Purple lightsaber. Oh uh, yes, the negotiator. Yeah. <laughs> so as we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, um, we've decided to break it up here. To where we're each going to take different pockets of it based on what we're interested in. So here's the order. We're going to go in or- an order, okay? Right. So Jason is going to go first. Oh, first? No. You're, yes. Yeah, we're no, going this you way. are going Come first. On. Ooh, I don't you, wanna. We may you not picked get to the, other two the foundation of the like MCU. Nope, nope, nope. Since you picked the foundation of the MCU, uh, you're going first. Too bad. Yeah. Um, you've had weeks to get ready. Hey, Haikido, you Joe, Joseph is yeah, a did. natural. What you're talking about is natural off what Jason's talking mm-hmm. about. So you're going to go second. Yeah. What do you mean? I'm going to go third. No, I'm going to go third. Okay. And then I'm going to have you go last. And and spoiler alert is in effect from this point on yes. for everything. Alex, if you have Alex, stop watching. Stop what has stop watched? I mean, listening. <laughs> stop listening. You can't. You can't listen anymore. Yeah. So if you have not seen this. these movies or shows and you want to at any point, this you might just want to stop here and just <laughs> pause and go watch that stuff, read comics, all that, because we are gonna spoil the heck out of everything. <laughs> so, just just a disclaimer here. So yeah. So Jason. You're up. Who, who who do you want to talk about? So talking about? I'm talking about really my my foundation with the series and the foundation of the series in, in general is Iron Man. Let me get my alcohol. Guts. Okay. <laughs> I've yeah. already finished mine, so I'm perfectly ready to talk Let's about go this. Go ahead and refill. <laughs> um, like the maybe character. I will get a little more. <laughs> like the character. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I have to be in character for this one. So Iron Man is... Very, very, very interesting because, and you have to correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I've heard is that with the conception of Iron Man, this was, he was supposed to be a unlikable person that we are now made to like. Yes. And he does that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very well. And it's, and it's so interesting because he is... They do Iron not. Man, Iron Man's first appearance, right here. Mm-hmm. There we go. Silver yes. tin can, like in yep. the cave. And that's in. That's I freaking like love it. it. Looks like, the, 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 mo- looks like the mummy. Yep, <laughs> it's the, the box of scraps. That's his first first yeah. outfit. But so Derek gave me a thought that I uh, that I kind of held on to as I was rewatching my my source material uh, <laughs> for this podcast, and that thought was that Iron Man or Tony Stark is an extremely intelligent man who makes a lot of his decisions based off emotion mm-hmm. and not logic. And it's funny because when he explains them to everybody, it's it is logical as he explains it, mm-hmm. but the way that he acts, it reveals why. And the thing is, he makes all these huge decisions like that. Mm-hmm. It's so quick. He yeah, just like a, yeah, yeah, and. He did that too. So in the beginning, in the cave, as soon as he gets out, he he immediately gets on a press conference and goes, yeah, by the way, my company that sells weapons is no longer going to sell weapons anymore. And Mm -hmm. stock plummets and everything goes crazy. And it was like, what? But he just, 
he made it based off what he saw, what he thought was right, but it was not even at all tempered. Just, this is what's right. We're going to shut it down immediately. No thought, completely reckless, completely rash. And a lot of his decisions are. And the question is usually, is he being selfish or is he truly trying to be, is he really trying to be altruistic? He signs the accords, the mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sokovia, Sokovia Accords, accords yeah. because it's what's right. And it happens right after he talked to the woman after he gave everyone money. Yes. Mm-hmm. MIT Great scene, by the way. Yeah. And he even goes and he looks up the kid's profile. Yeah. Yeah. Like he does even more research and he, he's consumed with guilt. And there's the line that the lady says that there's often a, not causality, there's often a, a link of philanthropy and guilt. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I see Tony Stark operating off of a lot is fear and guilt. Yes. There's the fear that he's going to lose what he has. Mm-hmm. He's going to lose Pepper Potts. He's going to lose civilization, civilization the word world. Right. And mm-hmm. he just acts rashly, proactively. And most of the time, he is ending up fighting his own creation. Yeah. He yeah. fights mm-hmm. in the first movie. Mm-hmm. He fights. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Obadiah in a rehash of the first suit he created, mm-hmm. he fights the guy who stole his technology. Whiplash and, in the second one. Yeah. yeah. That's his name. Wow. Yeah, I got yeah, Whiplash. <laughs> I got you. He, he fights Wish, Whiplash in uh, Iron Man 2. Wish, wish. Uh, <laughs> he fights the Mandarin in, in Ugh, the third more movie. More like the butchered Mandarin. Look. Don't even get me started. Then, I, then cover your ears I while I talk never about it. see me coming. Stop it! Stop it! I will do see it Mandarin again, up there on my wall. That's what I wanted in that movie. Did yeah. I get that? No. Nope. Like, but you got him nope. in um, Ten Rings, uh, the um, Shang Chi. I know, but he's Iron Man's arch nemesis. That's what people don't understand in the comics. The third that's Iron his, Man. That's his arch nemesis, oh, and they neutered him in that movie. Could have fooled me. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. But anyways, but anyways keep going. yeah, his, his movies kind of suffer from from like a really memorable villain. In fact, I had to rewatch. Uh, the first movie to remember it was Obadiah, but yeah, or his name, anyways. But in the third one, the Mandarin really was kind of a product of his neglect and his mm-hmm. just apathy towards anyone but himself, right? Yeah. But he, he and, and then Ultron, enough said, yeah. yeah, he is fighting his own creation all the time, yeah, and, and uh, just. An output of his rash actions. Yeah, Spider Man has to face his problems too sometimes. We're not talking about him. I know. You know. No, you can you bring it in. It's relevant to that. Oh, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but th- there's a lot. Actually, I don't know if I want to go into that one yet. Actually, no, I will touch on it a little bit. So there's there's a lot of things at play. There's this guilt that he's trying to accommodate for, and Nick and I were talking about it. We were questioning. So Amer- Captain America and their argument together. He tells. Tony Stark, that he is not the type of person to make the sacrifice play. Mm. Um, as I was pleased to point out to Nick, he made at least three. Oh, maybe even four. He Hold on, a, he actually made a sacrifice in all four Avengers movies. Hold on. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I will touch on that. So, Here we so, go. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is he sacrificing? Yes. Is he doing no, yes. this for the so, right reason? So that's or, what I'm bringing up. Or is that's he what I'm trying up. to save himself and his own image? That because, is what I'm bringing because up. Because Iron Man is filled with... Tony Stark is filled with that. He is. In, yeah, in, in Ultron, okay. he said that it, my legacy is the world dying. He's fighting mm. to save his own legacy. But, He's but not that's fighting what makes, to no, save the world. But this is what makes him so compelling. Yes. 
It's, so, it is but, all that. So this got yeah. me thinking. This got me thinking. Where is what is a hero and where is Tony Stark's heroism? Mm-hmm. What are we really cheering for? What kind of myth are we watching? And and how are we connecting to this? And then I started thinking. Are you about to say what I just started about to say? Then I started. Where are you going with this? Then I started thinking. Why do people like Iron Man? Wow. So no 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 no. I, I'm not against him. I just wanted to pose this and see what y'all think. No, this okay. good. Yeah, this because go because our, ours are going to connect. Are yeah, people are liking Iron Man because he is humorous? Because he's rich? Because he's mm-hmm. got all this technology? He's a genius? Because he's entertaining? Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of his motivations are a little questionable. That is true. But it's but it's a journey, and again, I'm I'm gonna touch. Oh, I'm gonna touch on that. Hold on, hold on. I love the journey. Because because the journey, Iron Man is the perfect character to to do the snap. Which I'm holding a hand that's mm-hmm. modeled as a snap because he has been the most questionable, <laughs> the most questionable character internally, mm-hmm. and so he finally reaches the highest point of of heroism, which is sacrificing himself truly because he had his family, yeah. he had his whole yeah. life, he yeah. was done, he didn't need any of it, yes. and he gave himself at the highest yes. level, yeah. I think, of every Avenger, mm-hmm. which is perfect for him. But before that, yeah, how selfish. many times has he really sacrificed, sacrificed himself? himself? Okay, so because he's working for himself. Hey, no, I got this. Uh, okay. I got. I'm just gonna go sit ahead, back go and, and let I'll, this I'll happen. Let you, I'll let so you. So we got to this way quicker than I thought, but that's good. So, <laughs> well, so remember, <laughs> keep in mind we have three more to talk about after this. You so let's not take forever. <laughs> let's not take forever. That is on. on that is on you. Give me back the hand. Give me back the I like to snap. So. There's a lot of things. There's the trauma that Tony Stark is dealing with. He still operates as an orphan because he, uh, just the mindset, he lost his father, who was already cold. He lost mm-hmm. his mother. Even when he con- he's fighting Bucky and he just makes his, emo- he's just, just emotion. trying to kill him. He, yeah. he even said, I don't care. He yeah. killed my mother. Yeah, he didn't say I, he killed my parents. Yeah, he killed my, he mom, killed my mother. You got to run hands. You killed my mom. Bro. So there's, there's the. <laughs> There's the estrangement from his father already, and yet we see this almost attempt to to be that. Two child figures. There is the little boy whose name I can't remember in Iron Man three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh And then there's um, Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Yeah. So it's almost like he's trying to fill that void through them and be something he didn't get. Yep. Even when he's pretending to be cold, and I think a lot of Tony Stark is really an act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, even when he's pretending to be cold, he's really being warm. He's being a lot warmer towards them than 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 we think. It's it's part of his act to be cold, to be uh to be selfish, to be flamboyant, to be flamboyant. He he almost so like he puts on this image and he just unhighly yeah I'm selfish yeah I don't care okay. I'm. Oh, yeah. you're in a relationship with me. Of course, it's gonna be hard. Like he, I think he thinks so highly of himself and so Low lowly himself. of himself, mm-hmm. which I, which pushes these sacrifice plays, which he has made a lot. He took the nuke into the portal in the mm-hmm. Avengers, Let me get into the hook. and it's not like uh, in the moment you don't think this is for my image, this, this is for that. Myself, All yeah. he's thinking of is Jarvis put the thruster, put save the rest of the energy for the turn upwards. Yeah. So I want it. He's just I, cruising this thing in. Yeah. He closes his eyes when he's falling. He's dead as far as he's concerned. And he called Pepper, he too. He, yeah. he, he, yeah. he figured in his heart, I'm about to die. He thought Let he was call. gone. I want to transition and bring Joe, your Avengers conversation, because you're going to talk about all four Avengers mm-hmm. films. I want to start to bring you into this conversation with Iron Man okay. and not yeah. separate them, because I think they're necessary. Okay. But one thing I'm, I want to say real quick before we go forward on that 
is you mentioned Civil War. Mm -hmm. And I think Civil War really spotlights how complicated of a character he is. Mm -hmm. And it does that for the audience because when you watch Civil War, and my biggest problem with Civil War is that the movie is called Captain America Civil War. It should, I think... Iron Man Civil War. No, 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 no. I don't think that either. I think... Avengers. No, the entire Phase 2 should have been... And it, like um, some type of hints up to this actual Civil War movie. Yeah, like there should have been a, like a like um, a lead up to it because yeah. the Civil War and, actually comic is like yeah. it's in depth. Well, and I think like what makes Civil War so compelling is not knowing which side is true. Like you're going to have different both people yeah. both that right walk out. Both wrong. And I yeah. think the movie is slightly skewed towards Captain America's point. Like when you watch it. Even though it makes Iron Man's points incredibly compelling, yeah. I feel like the movie is trying to tell me Captain America, America is right. right. Yep. And that's my biggest problem with that yep. movie is that I feel like they should have left a little more room for the audience. Mm-hmm. But I would have to watch it again. But still, yeah. like as I'll share later, it's one of my favorite MCU films. Mm-hmm. And Captain yeah. uh, and Iron Man is so dang compelling in that mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And I am Team Iron Man because That's of right. man, mostly because of who's on the team. But yeah. because yeah. Iron Man, like I connect with that being a smart guy, mm-hmm. but emotionally making decisions based on that mm-hmm. is like a lot of my life. Mm-hmm. And I really identify with that. So like a lot of people, and you know, Peter Parker's the same way. And so it's like those are two characters that operate like that so they're characters for me that i identify with a lot Mm -hmm. but i want to bring in so joke if you want to start to bring in your avengers conversation into this so with yeah it's it's, i'm still gonna talk about i know the other sacrifice but it's cool listen but it's cool (laughs) that jason you brought it up with iron man because you brought up the trauma side of it but i i've got to say and this may be you know like a like a hot topic but the avengers movies as Uh a total and probably even some of the other movies within MCU are a continuation of Iron Man's story. Mm-hmm. And oh, he what, is the focus of it all, yeah, and he's yeah, worthy he of it. Yeah, Let absolutely. me just say, he's yeah, worthy yeah. of it. Oh, yeah. I enjoy Iron Man. Yeah. I do think Iron Man's a hero, but but we still got to talk about so, some things. Okay, so that's all I'm saying. <laughs> he, so he's that's not done yet. The hate <laughs> to love the hate yeah. To so love. okay, so in the first Avengers movie, we already talked about it. He in in his journey in that it's um, even before with Iron Man one and two, it's this boy, it's this orphan. That wants a family. Mm-hmm. That he he wants a family. He's looking for a family. He's longing for a family. He may and then in the Avengers movie he finds this he finds this family, but he still pushes against this family because it's like oh well these people are are probably going to leave me anyways. It doesn't matter. I'm I'm in this. I'm big money. This is me. I run this show. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like Iron Man's full transition to actually okay. It's not just about me. It's about other people is after he took that nuke out because with Iron Man 3 his biggest thing was PTSD. Right, right. It was, yes. from, it was from that battle. He 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 couldn't sleep at night. He was making suits to try to help everybody else. Yeah, it's probably feeling something inside of him and that's not healthy, but that's all he knows. Okay, I have this peace. I have this family. Now I want to protect it. Even in um Winter Soldier, he adjusted the the thrusters in a helicarrier. So he has a hand in pretty much everything even in Yeah, if he's not yeah, physically even there. Even if he's not yeah. there, you can feel I forgot his about presence. that. Mhm. And what's it called? So with Iron Man uh, Iron Man 2 with Avengers 2, that's obviously that's that's his biggest downfall. That's yeah. his biggest controlling moment. Yes. Now the, we are we're on a hiatus even with the opening of um Age of Ultron. It's them as a team, as a family together. They're together and they're fighting this threat and it's mm-hmm. like, "Okay, I don't want to lose this. This is amazing." But 
in his sickness and in his abandonment and in his um in his own kind of protection mindset. Yeah. It's okay, well let's make this so we can protect everybody. Mm-hmm. And yeah. but that that leads to Ultron, which is his biggest failure. And even Ultron resembles but, Tony in yeah. a whole lot of ways. Too. Well, That's this a, is okay, so this is what going on Age of yeah. Ultron here. Here's a couple of things that I took out of that. Uh-huh. One is that with Tony in that moment of weakness of him, of failure in Age of Ultron, he's essentially deflecting his responsibility of being a hero. Mm-hmm. He's saying, I don't know if I could do this anymore, but I know a way where I could still, you know, good. Yeah. yeah. But he doesn't, want to, he doesn't want to carry his cross. He yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's this a good way to put it. This ties into yeah. something that I have later for Dr. Strange, but he's running yeah. from yeah. his responsibility. Yeah. yeah. And that's, uh, you know, obviously with it's Civil War, that's why mm-hmm. he doubles down with Civil War on what he believes is right. Civil because War. Age of Ultron really showed, you know, right. oh, I was... That was foolish. Yeah, and, yeah, but and and I like how that, but it adds such a complexity to his character. And I and Ultron, people don't sleep on Ultron as sleep, a villain, bro. No, because fun. here's what I love yeah, about bro, Ultron. Ultron is people so get fun. people He's get whiny. crap. It's hilarious. Yeah. People give crap for Ultron being all snarky and making quips and stuff. I'm like, bro, he's literally supposed to be, be like Tony supposed- Stark, yeah. you know, but without the he moral. Empathy. Because here's what Age of Ultron shows. Even though Tony Stark makes a lot of mistakes in this movie and does a lot of really bad things, what Ultron as a villain shows in that movie is that Tony Stark has a heart. And that's a common <laughs> because theme yep. because Ultron is what happens if Tony Stark's heart and moral compass was gone. But even, but even I have to argue with that because even with Ultron, Ultron still cared about people. He still cared uh, about... Oh, no, he didn't? No, no he did not. not what I just watched. Uh, no. With Scarlet, no, with Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, he was hurt when they actually betrayed him. When um, what's called when right. Wanda came back and, and took the before he, she killed Ultron, he, he said, was like, he was "You like, can't say yeah, you're, you're gonna die. You're gonna but, die." But in his own twi- yes. twisted way, he still cares. <laughs> he was I, confusing. I, yeah. I agree with that. That but, whole movie was confusing. But but <laughs> here's the it. thing with Age of Ultron, though. But here's the thing about Ultron that's interesting, though, is that. Ultron's plan is ultimately humans need to evolve into mm-hmm. something else. Yeah, and the Avengers keep getting in the way of that. So if I get rid of the Avengers mm-hmm. and all this terrible stuff happens, humans will rise out of the ashes and some of this artificial AI world will have to be dependent on it. Yeah. But the thing that's so interesting and compelling about that with Ultron is that... Sorry, I get passionate about this. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. What, 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 what I love about it, though, is that it shows that... Tony Stark is a hero. That cold, cal- like he is smart, right? Mm-hmm. But if he was just that, yeah. just that cold calculated, because like you shared earlier, Jason, the emotions thing, it mm-hmm. gets in the way of a lot of his decisions. Mm-hmm. But Age of Ultron actually shows that that emotional component that he has he, it's, it's actually battle. is necessary yeah. to keeping him from becoming Ultron yeah. and going off. Because the that's also what the Superior Iron Man I've been talking about. In the about comics, yeah. Comics. Yes. That's basically what it, that's basically what it I, is. I yes. think I see this a little bit differently. So you say that his emotions are the problem, and I think it'll be... No, him, no, 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 no. I'm no. saying when they're... His emotions get in the way. I would say he gets in the way. He is yeah, the only yeah, yeah, yeah. That's himself. fair. That's fair. His emotions are there because he has to overcome that. He right, has to right, overcome right, right. his yeah. ego. Yeah. Without those emotions, yes. he's a robot. With yeah. those emotions, he is a human that be- can become a hero. Yes. But even yeah. with Civil War, he is so adamant about it because it's his mistake. mistake yep. He did not. Mm-hmm. He did not look for anyone on his team. He didn't care what they thought. He ambushed them with everything, and he said, "This is what has to happen." Because he's being motivated by his own guilt. He's being motivated. His emotions are not mm-hmm. just his emotions. His yeah. 
emotions or his selfishness. Yeah. That's what he has to overcome. Otherwise, but don't we all have a little bit of that in us though? A little bit. Yes, yes, but I don't watch 23 movies of us in in those emotions. But you live live 24 7 with them. It's different. I would go. The snap is the most important part of Tony. And well, I think let, it's let's perfect. get to Infinity War and Endgame. I think in it's terms perfect of that it's him. Yeah. I enjoy that it's him, and I enjoy his character a lot. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that side to it. Yeah, That's no, no, no. I, but I like that you brought that up because it is like so. Back to Avengers. Yeah, go to Infinity War. Are we to end my thoughts on Iron Man? Or are we just gonna go right? No, just keep. We're just continuing. Yeah, we're not even separating it at this point. So what's it called? So <laughs> and Jason chime in as well as, as So okay. what's it called? So I'm just gonna talk over you. Well, no, you're not. So Civil War, what's it called? So Civil War is that movie where it's like, yeah, he he is literally operating off of what like what you just said. It's a selfishness. It's like, oh, like I think this is this is right, but it's pretty much on his selfishness. And what he's saying is right too. Yeah, what he's saying is right, but that's that's motive is different. Exactly. What what his heart is is completely different. I don't, I don't think it's so black and white. I think it is a cocktail. It's like there's. I really believe that, and we all kind of are. We're not just yes. all yeah. one emotion. Yes. Yeah. It is all myself. It's a bit of myself. It's. Yeah, I thought that maybe the chords would help my relationship mm-hmm. with Pepper Potts because we've been going through a rough thing. Again, that's, yeah, that's mm-hmm. tied to the whole family, losing the family. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Infinity War, not Infi- yeah, and in Infinity War, it shows what happens when that family's divided. Right. And and it's and it's a loss, and it's a do horrible you, do loss. Do you believe, Joseph, that if Tony and Cap and the Avengers were united, they could have defeated Thanos? It would have been in every yeah. other Avengers movie because, what's it called? We, we were close anyways. Yeah. We were close mm-hmm. divided, but right. we... Thor's but, fault. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's Star what I Lord, love. Thor's every. It's all their fault. No, but that's what <laughs> that's what I love about Infinity War is this idea that it's a story of who wants it more, mm-hmm. and you have grown up like watching these movies with these heroes, and you believe they want it more. Yeah. But what happens when you encounter somebody like a Thanos? That, that really is what to. makes him a great yeah. villain. Like, like Kylo Ren. And the movie <laughs> Infinity War. The, I'm just going right past that. Don't go past it. Let the past die. What happens if you have a villain? And Infinity War does a great job in a short amount of time establishing Thanos as an antagonist. Mm -hmm. And that Thanos wants it more. And that's why he wins that movie. Because if the characters wanted it more, they would put their petty differences aside and you know and it shows like that's why i think uh zemo in civil war is one of the great mcu villains because had he not not only did he win but his the consequences of what he did in civil war are felt move for an entire phase for all of phase three you feel what zemo Mm. did in Mm. dividing the avengers up and that made the way for thanos to come in and do that. And Infinity War is so gut-wrenching to watch yeah. because you want the heroes to succeed. You want them to win. But you know that Thanos, he wants this too. Yeah, he wants it a whole lot more. He, he threw his daughter off a cliff, bro. He yeah. wants it a whole lot more. Yeah. <laughs> he In the end, it ended up being on who was willing to sacrifice the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what makes Tony so compelling. He, because he, he earns that sa- that ability to make yeah. that sacrifice in yeah. Endgame. Even in, so, and yeah. what's it called? In the in and in Infinity War, he was the last man standing on Titan. He was pretty. He and, and yeah. he made Thanos bleed. No, he does. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was on that. Yeah, but I mean, it's dope. His, that his team, arc is the longest he, arc to take because he's so complex. Yes. Mm-hmm. and he's so. 
yeah weak relatively compared yeah. to everyone yes, he else is. yeah but then he becomes the strongest yeah which is what i enjoyed the most yeah, yeah. and yeah. iron and iron man always gets like team iron man always gets the best team civil war and that 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 <laughs> but that group though on on uh on titan yeah. with yeah. the guardian yep. you've got most it's of the Dr. guardians spider-man doctor strange and iron man when i was watching that, i'm like this is the best this is like this is the yeah. best team yeah. up i've ever seen in any of these movies please no obviously they're not gonna do with them anymore interactions are like by far the funniest oh my gosh they're all. <laughs> oh, said, I'm fifty percent human. So that that percent that's stupid of me, hundred percent you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, and Robert Downey Who do Jr. I serve? Who am I supposed to say? Ro- Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And Robert Downey Jr. makes this character work. Yeah. He yeah. is easily in my top five favorite like castings of a comic book superhero mm-hmm. character his of all time. He is he, Iron Man. He Even is. Life. There's nobody else. Yeah, he yeah. literally has lived that story, which yeah. is why I think he's mm-hmm. he's just perfect. Yeah. You know, he nails it. Tom Cruise is almost yeah. Iron Man. Wow. Yeah. Glad we didn't get that. Yeah. We wouldn't. Do um, that. So what I want to say, what, what, what I want to turn it with you guys though, because we've been talking a lot about Tony, but I know mm-hmm. with the Avengers, there's a whole other plethora of characters mm-hmm. as well. So. With the Avengers movies, did you have other stuff that you wanted to say about the individual movies or about well, any of the characters in the movies? Well, I would just say like, well, I kind of foc- uh, mainly focused on Iron Man, but the but the Avengers are in a sense like Iron Man's heart. Yes, that's his. That's mm-hmm. his love. That's besides you know Pepper. You can throw Pepper in to make Spider Man obviously right, but, right, but right. That's you know that's the people he's fighting for. Mm-hmm. That's who he's like. I would lay down my life for these people. I would lay down my life. And then those people taught him, I will lay down my life for the world. It's not just I'm going to lay down my mm, life down for these people, nice. but I will lay my down my life down for the, this world. You know, to, um, Cap has taught him that mm-hmm. um, dealing with these other you know people on this team, feeling for them, loving them. I feel like that's really um, what you know changed Iron Man's heart as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To that. Yes. So his story is a story of friendship as well. Mm-hmm. Very nice. The yeah. power of friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you want to say about just the movies in general or anything at all before I transition to mine? Infinity War is the best MCU movie. Why? Why is it the best? Bro. Questionable. Tell us. Okay, questionable. But But, but probably true. But I love, (laughs) I said this before, but I love when the heroes fail. And it's, it's, it, but it's like. Because you love those kind of stories. Yeah, but it's just like a hard fall because it's like we were close. And that's the movie I like vividly remember, like watching in the theater. Yeah. Oh my like, gosh! Why do you yes. like when the heroes fall? Because the stories afterwards is even more compelling. Because no, it's not it's though. That's the problem. Is it's yes. not. It's not. Stories done well. <laughs> it could be. Yeah, but it I, could be. But Endgame blows the load. Yeah. I'm okay. I'm gonna say it now. I'm <laughs> gonna do say his own topic. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Infinity War. Topic. I didn't even get to finish mine. <laughs> Infinity War is like you got to keep up. Infinity yes. War oh, is. Oh, um, Infinity War is, I agree, one of the all-time great comic book movies, and it's a great way of experiencing a comic book, like a mm-hmm. mega comic book crossover event. Bro, it was um, all leading up it to that. Really, I think that's what really was like, bro. I'm, I'm excited like, for this. Infinity like, War this. was the movie in the MCU I've been waiting for. Yeah. Like, be even because Endgame for one, like you know, you got half the characters that are dead and don't come in till the last act. Mm-hmm. You know, and even though they're really just one-note characters for the final battle, they don't really have any depth it's, to them. Infinity War. Every character in Infinity War is at, even though it's a movie about failure. Yeah, 
Every character Bring is at it. their best. <laughs> Ryan Johnson, Last Jedi. Every character in Infinity War is still at their best. They're flawed. Luke is at his best. That's what I would argue. Because Marvel... No, he's not. He's overcoming. Um, That's Marvel, his heroism. Marvel, Marvel characters are built on flaws. All of them. Um, they're all built on some sort of flaw. And Infinity War does a great job at showing how you could still be heroic and still have a flaw, like a blind spot that can lead to failure as well. And so, yeah, Infinity War does a great job encapsulating a lot of things of what makes Marvel, like, just compelling storytelling. And, of course, being in the theater and that snap, (laughs) when that snap happened, my heart stopped. Like, I I was like, what? Because I I wondered the whole movie. I'm like, is he going to do it? But when it happened, I was in shock. And then it became about, okay, they're about to kill 50% of these people. Who's going to die? And watching. I had to watch Spider-Man die twice in 2018. Twice! In Spider-Verse and in Infinity War, I had to watch Spider-Man die. You know how hard that is for me? Sorry, we're not talking about Spider-Man. Did you not feel so good? But Oh, my gosh. No, while watching that movie, um, one of of my friend group, it's Dre, Kyle, and I. I'm uh, I'm Iron Man. Dre is Thor and um, Kyle is Spider-Man in our group. Okay. So while we're watching it, you know, Dre and I were like, you know, in the theories, like, okay, Iron Man may die, you know, Thor may Did even die. Did you start holding Kyle? Yeah. He was <laughs> so sad. His face afterward was just so, so starstruck. He was, I, I, I'm you just dead. Reenacted just, it. You reenacted yeah, it right in the like, theater. Oh, bro, we thought, yeah, you died, bro. We thought you yeah. were safe. <laughs> but yeah, it was, no. it was just wild. And and I mean, there's just so many great moments like in that movie and like like Thor is another MVP in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Like uh I think it's by far his best movie, better than Ragnarok. Um and yeah. but I I love Infinity War, but here's what kills me is Endgame drops the ball so hard on this finale. I forgive it because of the end battle and and the, but the, and the ending and okay. the ending of but the movie. with the end battle. But here's the thing: I agree, the end battle is great in terms of what's happening and and all that stuff. But there's a lot of stupid. Oh, I almost just cussed. Sorry, there's a lot of stupid stuff it's in the podcast. final battle. Yeah. Like for one, as a film, like Nick, let me get your opinion on this as a film guy. The final battle is one of the ugliest, yeah. Yeah, it is. ugliest fight sequences. Yeah. It is um, yeah. in yeah. all of the it's MCU. It's which is really sad. But then there's a lot of other. It's, it's, it's I like some. Some of it, some of it's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in terms oh, of just gosh. overall aesthetics and the yeah. music is really bland. I don't but, think it, I don't think it's that bad. I think the setup was so high with Infinity War that you couldn't match it. Yeah, I agree. Mm. So it's I, not I a think, horrible movie. It's just like man. But yeah. but what, my, what came before? My it? biggest problem yeah. with Endgame though is the fact that it's character development happening off screen. So yes. the yeah. the Hulk in the first two Avengers movies is probably my favorite character. One of my favorite characters in those first two Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. And Infinity War, he's he they set up a really great arc for him. And Endgame, they drop it and they literally in over a five year gap that you don't see, yeah. he resolves all the conflict that has been building up since his first movie. Yeah, and they do that with several of these characters where all the development like. Tony Stark has a family off screen. Like all these characters develop in massive ways off screen. And then when you get to the final battle, like there's like, if you think about it too much, it starts to irritate you. Like, wait, Star-Lord's back on earth. His whole arc has been about running away. Now he's back on earth. He literally has no reaction to what's happening to him being on earth. Like there's no, like nothing of that, you know, mm-hmm. like so many of those characters and infinity war, those characters at their best, like the Russo brothers do Dr. Strange better than his own movie. They do Thor better than his own movie. They Spider-Man do all, Spider-Man way yeah. better than yeah. his John Watts movies. Yeah. But 
For some reason, in Endgame, the character development, there's too much they need to do. It's almost like they need two movies to flesh all this out. I mean, Ant-Man gets some of the best character stuff in Endgame, and that, it's, which is kind of sad considering he's not even in Infinity War, yeah. and they give him some of the best moments in Endgame. So it's like, that. I don't know, what do you guys think of that? But that, for me, is what ruins Endgame, is it's just... It's sloppy. The time travel stuff is sloppy. Yeah. The character I, I never, development, like, tra- time like, travel Tony, stuff in most movies. What yeah. what I felt like Endgame was was just a celebration film, and yeah. that's and that's what I as looking at it like that is like okay, it's fine. Yeah, it's my least favorite Avengers film, but it's yeah. like it's it's a celebration. Infinity War was that it was that peak, and now let's just yeah, go ahead, it really is the peak. Let's go ahead and just go back in time and just get the Infinity Stones. But we're looking at all the cool stuff that we've done. Sure, sure. You know, so yeah, that's so, how I view it. Uh, and thoughts on event? Any other thoughts on Iron Man or Avengers movies? Because we're going to transition soon. So if we're going to talk about the stories that we want to see, are we going to hit on that later on? Because I might bring it up later. That we want to see? No, no, right now. Okay, so. Nick asked me what the heroics were in Iron Man, and mm. I think that the things that the reason that people like Iron Man are from a shallow to a deeper level. One, it's cool. The robotics, this, every suit up scene is so awesome. Besides Infinity War. Besides Infinity War. Yeah. His Why? Suit, Where he does the, the nanobites? I don't like. I don't like CGI. CGI. The CGI has just looking has been becoming sloppy. Yeah, I was I, telling I, Jason I last night stuff. those early Iron Man movies. Yeah, those suit was sick. those suits were real. Yeah, they I were really that. there. And it, then in the later movies, it's all CGI. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but they're good. So there's that. There's the coolness of it. One, he is. He's a craftsman. We are mm-hmm. all craftsmen in our own right, and what we care yeah. about, what I do, what we do, the things that we love that are also our distractions. Um, just the drive, the ambition, that is all relatable. And, you know, there's the stuff like the, the money, the cars and all that stuff. That's, that's cool too, but it's not, it doesn't really hide that these things aren't good. Mm -hmm. Sure. It, it shows them out. And also there's, we all have the selfishness that we relate to and the struggle and we're trying to do good, but we're not necessarily doing it. But we're all looking at him, wanting him to be redeemed, Mm -hmm. wanting him to actually get there. And because we're all wanting that in, our, in ourselves, yeah, um, we're all hoping for that. We're all hoping that when the chips are down, we're near death, the act that we've all put up socially for ourselves, we're all hoping that that gets dropped and that we do make the sacrifice play because he puts the armor on Pepper Potts instead of himself. Mm-hmm. He takes the nuke up into yeah, the portal he and he makes the snap. He's lifting up this entire city mm-hmm. by himself. Right. And he's pretty sure that they're all going to die. Yeah. yeah. Like, the act, the selfishness, all that other stuff aside, in the moment, you don't think about all that, mm-hmm. I imagine. You think about, this is what's got to be done. I'm going to do it. And he doesn't shy away from that. Mm-hmm. At yeah. the end, he's still putting himself right in. And we're watching that, hoping that, man, I hope that I can do that. Yeah. That's yeah. what I want to do. I hope that that's what I get to be. When the moment comes, mm-hmm. will yeah. you make the sacrifice? Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, Joe, I would say remember um, that 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 ties into to Doctor Strange, but it's, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get we'll there. Well, we'll okay. yeah. you know, answering the question too, you know, personally, why do I like Iron Man? Because everyone knows my favorite superhero is, is Iron Man. 
Is I thought it was Superman. Yeah, it's bad. I thought it was Captain America. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, Captain America is really good. Why do you hate that's Captain America? Joke, Why like, do you hate like, Captain America? Uh, like Captain either. America is so one note, and they talk about Iron Man being selfish. Man ruined a whole super selfish. Man ruined a whole timeline just to be with somebody. Yeah, that's wife, yeah. Right? I, I think that's <laughs> stupid. Do so not stupid. Talk about Iron Man yeah, I I agree. Bro. That was a, that's another misstep in Endgame. You'll, you'll yeah. lose. We'll Captain America is a great character though. He's like, what do you mean we're gonna lose together? No, who's your answer? He is a great aspirational hero. Oh. He, he gives great heroic speeches. No, he's a great hero. As a boy, he's just scout, not the same type of hero scouting. as Iron Man. Yeah. What kind of hero is Captain America? Captain America is an aspirational hero. Iron Man's a cathartic motivation hero. Okay. What is that? Aspirational hero is like what I talked about last podcast. Like a, a hero that you want to aspire to be like and has to constantly get odd, like has to go up against the odds. So like mm -hmm. Captain America, you know, in the first movie is just, you know, like all his movies are at very aspirational. Like cathartic motivation is where you have somebody that didn't have that strong moral compass and has to learn to grow into it. Right. Mm -hmm. So both types of heroes are important for pop culture. Right. Yeah. So you, you need aspirational heroes mm -hmm. to aspire to in a culture because if you're a Christian, it's Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't have Jesus, so you need these reflections of Christ right. yeah. to be in other heroes. Yeah. And Captain America is a great example of somebody who is moral and good and, and can has to try to maintain that in spite of the odds iron man has to learn yeah, that yeah. because he doesn't have that but that's what makes their their journey so compelling mm -hmm. i find myself on the emotional catharsis hero yeah much more than the cathartic motivation yeah cathartic oh we motivation. all do yeah i find it on that can a aspirational hero turn into a cathartic motivational hero mm. oh. they get turned into them a lot of the time mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they get broken down into that <laughs> Luke Skywalker. Yes, yes, this is where I'm going. That's yes, perfect yes. Better, and right? I liked him there. But but that but but again, but again, but the, but, but again, but the problem <laughs> is that you still in a culture need that. So we like as a culture, we naturally like cathartic motivation. I like cathartic motivation heroes more, but you still need an aspirational hero every now and then mm. to be the guide, to be the signpost. Just watch the old movies. Because, um, and I do, um, but but you need that somewhere there um, because like like Spider-Man's a great example. I'm not going to talk about this much. He's a cathartic motivation hero, but Captain America is an aspirational hero in the comics. Now, in the movies, they make Iron Man that hero, which mm -hmm. is interesting because Iron Man is in the place of Captain America. But mm. it, they make it yeah. work. But yeah, so that's... Uh, it's yeah. interesting. That yeah. makes it very clear. Yeah. That clarifies a lot. But, but yeah. Joe, why do you like Iron Man so well, much? Well, what's it called? Yeah, it's it's pretty much all that we've talked about already. Okay. It's that, yeah. it's that character. Yeah, pretty much. It's the character that's like... Um, <laughs> each time. It's the character that um, it has to grow. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's all it is. We've, okay. We talked about it. Great. We talked about it's it. character that overcomes. Yes. Yeah. There's some, that's what I find most satisfying when characters yeah. overcome great obstacles. And the aspirational character overcomes external obstacles. Yeah. But the internal obstacle is what I find more compelling. They do have to overcome some internal obstacles, but mainly doubt. Doubt is a mm -hmm. big mm -hmm. one for an aspirational hero. Like Winter Soldier is a great example yes. of like... Wait, I can't trust the government. That's a that's a and great like, aspirational and I enjoy, conflict. I enjoy Captain America in that movie, mm -hmm. but yes. in each other one, yeah, not so much. Yeah, but so speaking of overcoming great conflict, okay. um, I'm going to talk about my uh, focus, which is actually going to be on the Marvel Knights, also known as the Netflix Daredevil show. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think which, we all watched that this week. Which right? is, no, I know, no, I don't, I have no knowledge of it. Really? You've never seen it, it's very no. good. bro. I'm gonna good. spoil the hell out of this, so get ready. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I'll just leave. So yeah, I'm gonna make a back. bold statement Goodbye. here. Please For me, please. the Daredevil show is the best thing to come out of the MCU. That's oh. fine. Better than any movie. Um, so like the tr- the this is gonna the, be terrible for me. So <laughs> the Daredevil show is like like because here's the thing about the MCU movies. For me, they're good adaptations of comic books and they're pretty good overall as movies. But they're not. Most of them are not great movies. Okay, most yeah. of them are not like I'm gonna give this ten out of ten they five stars. They don't stand alone as the, films. And, and, and a lot of yeah, and a lot of it comes story. because number one, they don't stand alone well as films. But also. The vis- visually mm. and sound design, like musically wise, they tend to be pretty bland because they all literally have the same palette yeah. that's going about in them. What saves the movies are the characters. They're likable, they're relatable, mm-hmm. they're believable. The storytelling is cohesive and it's not all over the place. But I don't feel challenged emotionally or in- or morally by a lot of those movies until you get to the Daredevil show. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know Daredevil, and Jason, you're kind of the outsider on this. Um, I don't know how. So Matt Murdock, um, as a child, was blinded. He actually saved someone's life, but in order, he pushed someone out of the way of a moving car. Um, but of course, that car was carrying these toxic radioactive chemicals, and they spilled, and they like splattered in his eyes. Right? Why are so, they carrying those on the street? So, so right, right. <laughs> but um, but that's the that is his origin is the whole story of Daredevil. He saved someone's life, but it cost him something. Mm. Now, what's very clear in the show, and I'm and one of the things I love about the show is that it actually maintains the religious undertones that are in the comic because matt murdoch is a catholic yeah so you know he's named after saint matthew like you know of like matthew's gospel and um it's interesting because matthew was a tax collector and matt murdoch is a lawyer and those are both very despised professions of their time and matt um the book the gospel matthew literally has a verse in it that talks about how c- bribes corrupt and the, the the injustice, like the Matthew 23 with the Pharisees, mm. like that whole passage about blindness and stuff, stuff like that. So literally the irony of him is he's a lawyer and you hear the saying all the time, like justice is blind, right? Mm. Literally your lawyer, your sense of justice is blind yeah. and he wears rose tinted glasses, you know, um, wow. which is interesting. But He's the only one, ironically, who can see the corruption of the city better than anyone else. So to tell you where it falls into the MCU, after the Battle of New York in the first Avengers movie, what you find out in Daredevil is that there were people who took advantage of that situation. Surprise, surprise, like our world really does. Mm -hmm. And they took advantage of it in a lot of ways. And this is where a man named Wilson Fisk rises to power um, on the backs of all the suffering. And Daredevil really explores the ground level story of what the Avengers don't really deal with because they deal with these more global threats. And Matt Murdock deals with the everyday ordinary lives of people. The irony is that Matt Murdock um, embraces this persona of of a devil and that all comes from stuff with his dad and the devil in you and stuff like that. And he embraces this thing, but the irony of him wearing the suit of a devil is that he is actually the beacon of light. He is the hope in it. Um, but he is getting down and dirty. Like yeah. the daredevil 
persona is a reflection of what Hell's Kitchen is doing to people. It's corrupt. It's it's giving something, but he's going into the darkness and trying to confront it. Wilson Fisk is the opposite of that. So if, uh, yeah, I got them up there right there. Batman if Matt Murdock is going into yeah, the grimy Fisk. underworld of Hell's Kitchen, right? And he's at the bottom, you know, Wilson Fisk stands at the top. Wilson Fisk is on the top of a penthouse, dressed in all white, looking down upon everyone. And he towers over them because he believes he's the city's savior. This is what makes him so compelling. He believes that he is saving um, the city through his actions. And like Daredevil, he's getting his hands dirty. But unlike Daredevil, he does not have the same moral compass. He does not have the faith that Daredevil has. Because Daredevil, as a Catholic, has a faith that grounds him and keeps him from going too far and taking life. Wilson Fisk does not have that. He severed that faith that he once had. And so now he is standing there without that. And he's getting his hands dirty. And he's built this persona of being more than a man. And so he is the devil dressed in all white, mm-hmm. corrupting the sit- hell's kitchen and keeping it in hell, yeah. but promising salvation mm-hmm. and liberation mm-hmm. for the city. Cool. And yeah. how is he doing like that? that? He's blackmailing everybody from police officers yeah. to politicians. He's getting everybody's dirt on them. Yeah. And he's, He's whispering into their ears the promises that he can make their dirt go away, Mm -hmm. that he can atone their sins for them, that he can take all that upon him. And he becomes this kingpin of crime, right? But yet he's still a man and he's the product of abuse, of an abusive father. And mm-hmm. both him and Matt had very rough childhoods, but the di- and both their dads were fighters. But the difference is that Matt Murdock was fighting for a better life for uh, his father was fighting for a better life for his Matt. son. Yeah. Well, as Wilson Fisk's, who was a politician and was fighting to save the city, but he was beating his wife every night behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. He was a fighter on in, in the home and he was abusing that home and he was teaching his son Wilson to abuse. And he was encouraging him to be this bully because he is a bully and he's a bully yeah. who never grows up. Yeah. And eventually we know that Wilson Fisk murders his own father. Mm-hmm. He, he channels that abuse against him when he sees the toll it's taking on his mother. And so it's that unresolved trauma. Matt is seeking redemption. Wilson Fisk is seeking glory. Mm-hmm. And that's why they're both trying to save the city, but with very different approaches. And so Fisk tries to do it systemically by bringing about these changes. And Matt Murdock tries to do it with the power of the individual. I, and so, yeah, go ahead. My, my favorite scene um, in the entire three seasons of the Netflix show of Daredevil. Yeah. I think it's the third season when it's oh, at the end. Really? I just started third season. Oh, I haven't man. seen it. Ah, I can't remember. Hey, we'll go, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, okay. okay. So, yeah. all right, keep going, Joe. So, so in this scene, um, Matt and and Kingpin are at their highest highest moment. They just throw blows. 
uh, Daredevil ends up on top, and he's just like, "I beat you! I just didn't beat you!" I forget exactly what he, what he said, but I get like, emotional watching. Yeah, that it's scene. just like it's like, bro, this is heavy. emotional. It's, it's the best fight scene I may have ever yeah, seen you, in a comic what? book movie. Yeah, you, feel, you feel it? You feel you know? Because it. it's it's, yeah. it's a three way fight between Daredevil, Bullseye, right. and Kingpin. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, Bullseye's but, in this? Yeah, hold on. Yeah. Let me let me Joe. Let me talk a little sorry, bit because we're sorry, I sorry. think we're jumping the gun a little bit. Bullseye comes in the third season, right? Yeah, because he's not in the second one. No, but let me let me just say a couple things before we get to that. Yeah. Um, this is the existential question that Daredevil is wrestling with in terms of justice. Are people products of their environment and can they be held accountable to their actions? Mm. Which is something narrative practices I've, I've shared about people are not their problems and about identity, but it explores like Wilson Fisk, Frank Castle, the Punisher, Dexter, mm-hmm. who becomes Bullseye. They all had really crappy traumatic pasts yeah. and no guiding light there to show them the way. Matt Murdock had a guiding light. He had the church, right? Mm-hmm. He had a priest. Yeah, he had faith. Stick who trained him he had good people in his life to guide him these people did not so can they be held account and that's what the Mm. series wrestles with you know and because they didn't choose they didn't choose that path that path was chosen for them and matt believes that people can still choose despite their past that's the conversation that he's having with frank castle with punisher on the rooftop about how he just wants to kill people and matt murdoch doesn't believe that that's his call to make and he talks about redemption that anyone can be capable of redemption Mm -hmm. and frank castle said no like when people choose a path they stay they solidify themselves through their actions in that path that scene gets me so emotional because it's such a gripping and they're just talking on a rooftop that's what i love about daredevil it slows the pace down and just lets you take these characters in and breathe with them that scene where they're in the cemetery and frank cast i'm gonna start crying where frank castle (laughs) after four episodes of fighting each other and conflict frank castle finally tells matt murdoch why he does what he does and he says they took my daughter yeah frank castle went to war and he fought for his country and he did terrible things he regretted but he did it so that he could come back to his His family family. and what happens they they kill his kid. They, they kill his family. Yeah. They kill his child. And he's haunted by that. And he and the regret, oh my gosh, the regret that he has as a dad for not reading his daughter that story that night. Mm. That scene, I cried last night rewatching that mm. or two nights ago. Because I'm like, I how many times have I said that to my daughter? Like mm. tomorrow. There's we'll tomorrow. Wow. And he there's no tomorrow for his daughter. Yeah. And he's realized that. And he's allowed a single story of I am just this killer. It's the only morality that makes sense anymore. Mm. That's what the show, the show is wrestling with these really real things. And, you know, what the journey that Matt goes on in the show is that Matt Murdock starts to detach himself from humanity and reality. He lets go of Foggy Nelson, Mm -hmm. who's, you know, his best friend, and Karen Page, who's his love. And he starts to detach because he thinks the only way he can do this is through that. Whereas Wilson Fisk, his downfall is actually his attachment Mm -hmm. because he falls in love. Your lead villain falls in love and you're rooting for their love story. That's what's compelling about (laughs) him as a villain, you know? And you're, you want them to be together because oh, this man. poor guy He's who's just been though, abused yeah. all his life finally finds someone Love, who yeah. loves him despite all of his cruelty. Yeah. And you want them to be together, but it becomes his downfall um, because now he has a weakness. Mm-hmm. Now he has something he can lose as a villain, Some which makes him... Vulnerability. So, yeah, <laughs> it makes him so... vulnerability. So compelling. In the, in, the, in the first season of Daredevil, I love how they beat Kingpin... 
through both Matt Murdock beats him through the law with mm-hmm. Foggy Nelson as lawyers, but then you know we realize how far he's penetrated into the system, and then Daredevil has to beat him physically. Yeah. So he has to beat Kingpin physically and spiritually in a sense as hands. as well. But and this is the final thing I'll say on this because I've talked long enough about how much I love this show. But the final thing is to understand what the characters represent in the show as well. Mm. Like Karen Page represents the people he saves flawed karen page is not a a saint she is a very messed up character but he represents that he sees that redemption in anybody including her um which i'll talk about at the end foggy nelson is his moral conscience Mm -hmm. it's his it's what keeps him grounded into humanity bullseye represents the inversion of matt like bullseye is a cold man trying to find a connection. Yeah. You know? And and Matt is a is a warm person with connections trying to lose those connections. And when Bullseye stands in season three in the Daredevil suit in front of Matt and says, and he and he says, I'm Daredevil. Matt yeah. is staring at the worst of him. Bullseye is what Matt will become. If he's not careful. Yeah. And that's so poetic, you know? And Elektra represents a life without Matt Murdock. Ben Urich, you know, the the, the journalist, mm. represents the power of those who don't have superpowers. Yeah. Just an ordinary man trying to make a difference. Um, the common man trying to do with what he has. And, of course, the whole story of Matt Murdock is that and, and there are existential questions about faith and Job, and he wrestles through these things. And it really is a story about a miracle. Like, it, it is a miraculous story because he loses his sight, but yeah. all his other senses are enhanced, and, I, and God yeah. is allowing him to see things in a way that no other person has. Mm. And I think because of how deep the character work is in Daredevil and how compelling, and I haven't even mentioned, it's probably one of the most faithful comic book adaptations of the source material and in some ways it surpasses the source material and is even better than and it's not there's only two things there's only two things there's only there's only two things I'm about to get this source material from this box over here there's only two things that ever there's only two moments that ever surpass the source material one is the final episode in season three of Daredevil the way the born again arc ends in season three is even more better than how the comic book ends and the other thing that satisfies that that surpasses source material which we'll talk about another is, is the days of future past movie which i think is even better than the comic but anyways i've talked enough about daredevil what do you guys want to say about it daredevil. for those of you who have seen it i just like it i yeah, think i agree with you i think it may be yeah. the best marvel production out of all the movies as well and fisk may be the best villain although thanos and him are right there <laughs> yeah i agree they're but, the top but, two but they're daredevil, the top two but daredevil is so entertaining yeah it's just so good and just, it is brutal. Yeah. Yes. You, just, you, it is not a kitty show. Just rewatching it. It's a hard like, R. Bro, I, really, I miss really. this show. It's, it is a really good show. Like, is I don't it? know why I yeah. haven't rewatched it, like, for this long, you know? I don't know why TV shows are going down to six and eight episodes, but Daredevil's 13 mm-hmm. each season, and it's just the whole story is told thoroughly. It's, and it's a complete like, story. Yeah. When yeah. you get done with season three, yeah. Joe, did you, and, and I don't know. I'm not, I'm not season okay. two. I've, did you feel satisfied at the end of season three? I wanted, well, because they teased Bullseye coming back. I don't I, care. I they, know. They wrapped up his story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, they, but they did though, but I, but it did I feel like that, but it was like, oh, I, I still want more. But in the, in the story, 
Yes, in season three they. It's did, a but... perfect three act structure. Yeah. Season one, act one. Season two. Season one is they really the rise the of Daredevil. Season, season two is the two. fall. Yeah, I agree. That's yeah. the weakest stuff for sure. And How season it? three is the the resurrection or the rebirth or the born again. It's literally the called Born Again. Shark. Season three. You know, yeah. it's based off a comic called oh. Born Again. Yeah. You know, so it really is like when you get done with season three, all the characters arcs wrap up. Yeah. You Daredevil's journey, Fisk, the way he's defeated, that final battle yeah. is it's, my it's favorite. Oh, it's my favorite final battle, maybe we'll there. in we'll get there, anything. Jason. I wa- I rewatched it today. Oh, okay. And I wish I could replay it for you. I'm guys. only I'm only it's in so, season one again rewatching it. It's so emotional because you understand why everybody's there. Yeah. And the way he beats Kingpin. Oh my gosh, it's so good. You can't spoil it's it. It's so good. I can't. Jason, Jason hasn't li- watched it yet. You can't spoil it. You have to watch it. It is, and there's, it's on Disney Plus now, so no excuse. Yeah, no. Excuse. No, I don't have Disney Plus. You have my jo- Disney Jason Plus right does, now. Or, uh, I believe Joseph it. watch does. it all. Well, I have someone else's, so I can't be putting a you know business out all right. there like. Anything else on Daredevil and before we go to Nick? To be morally sound. Anything else before we go to Nick with Daredevil? Yeah, it sounds good. Sounds like a great time. I've been trying to get this Starburst at the end of my cup for the whole podcast. <laughs> I was wondering. It's just stuck. It? it was in my drink, and it's just stuck. It's all right, like three all right. Like I cannot times. get it. So all right, maybe you Nick, might need a magic trick to do dist- that. I've been distracted. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! The transition. Hard transition into. Wow. Yep. Lay some Doctor Strange on us. Oh, okay. Get the stone ready. <laughs> He's wearing the eye. All right, let me figure out how to say all this. Maybe you can go back in time and prepare better. <laughs> oh, bars. Me and you can go together. Yeah, please take me. <laughs> still got the time stone. So I, I'm not super passionate about Marvel. I'm super passionate about movies. Mm-hmm. And so when we did this, I was like, I really didn't know who I was going to choose. Sure. And so I'm looking through all the characters and I'm reminded of one scene in Doctor Strange that I really liked. It's the only scene that I remember. So I rewatched the whole movie. <laughs> okay. Um. And I'm watching this movie and I'm also thinking about how the what kind of story do we need mm. and what kind of heroes are we looking for right. and that we're looking up to. And I saw his story, the origin story, as such a good example mm. to the Christian walk mm. and specifically mm. to mine as well. And I, I, I was looking at I was thinking about all these heroes and all of these heroes have their regular lives and they are heroes at the same time. Yeah. yeah. So they're all balancing these things. Spider-Man's a kid. Iron Man's still a billionaire. Still gets to have all this fun and live his life. Yep. He still gets to do all these things. Doctor Strange Get gives up. up his whole life. Yeah. And he goes completely out. Uh, yeah. Just out. He goes to India. And I'm just looking at my life. Where I'm doing now. Where I'm from in New Jersey. Socially, economically. Mm. And there's another word there too. But it is completely different. Where I am in Tamarind is basically like India. Yeah. To where Doctor Strange. Yeah. To, yeah. to his journey. Yeah. Um And so Doctor Strange goes off. He gets hurt. He has his whole life. And then he goes basically into a discipleship program. Where he's just. <laughs> where he's. Where he's just he's just challenging everyone. He has no he has no idea who these people are, what they're about, their doctrine. He just he's just fearless. Sure, yeah. He's also undisciplined and immature, and he lacks integrity. Um, but that starts to get built. So he's getting discipled. Yeah. Um, I also like the fact that he is uh, in the mystical realm. So he's not on the ground fighting. He's mm-hmm. in spiritual warfare, which is what I'm doing in inner healing. So I just think it's yeah. a cool comparison. Yeah, he is. Sp- he's yeah. in spiritual warfare. Um, we- we're all in spiritual warfare in some form. And it's very accurate to the comic, by the way. Like what you see yeah. in that Doctor mm-hmm. Strange movie. Like I literally have the Doctor Strange first comic right here sitting here. And it's almost verbatim. Hold mm-hmm. on. Wow. So I don't even look at this story as a Doctor Strange story. This is just a story 
that I like. This yeah. could be any character, and sure. I don't know yeah. his story. It's a story you need. Uh, but yeah. the, the the one thing that I remember is the end where he's with his master, and they're looking at the sky, and she's about to die. Oh, and, and the ancient one. And yeah. they start yeah. talking, yeah. And she starts telling him, and I wrote this down, uh, but she starts telling him, you have the capacity for greatness. You have always excelled, not because you crave success, but because of your fear of failure. Mm-hmm. And he says, that's what made me a great doctor. And she says, that's precisely what kept you from becoming great. Fear and arrogance prevent you from learning the great lesson of all. And then she looks at him slowly. She turns and the camera <laughs> swirls and she literally just says, it's not about you. And he just looks at her and there's lightning going out yeah. from the background. And it, she just says, it's not about you. Which makes, oh, I can't talk about so, Spider-Man. But, no but the home. whole Dang story, it. he is always trying to yeah. learn mm-hmm. to just get back to his old life. He's, yeah. he's learning to take to for himself in yeah. every way. And she calls him out in every way in the movie. Um, well, and how refreshing wow. is it in that movie as well with um, Dormammu that it's it's a fight that he doesn't have to win physically. Yeah, he has to win it intellectually. Like it's it's an, he has to win it spiritually. You know, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. And, about and, it. and, and, and that's demon. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, that that's what I love about that that fight though is it's not a big epic showdown. Mm. It's like literally he outsmarts the oh, villain. I wish we had more stuff like that. Dormammu but he like, also oh, suffers. Like he's also taking pain. Yeah. though when he does that. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he does. Yes, he's bearing pain. Yeah, absolutely. I think Dormammu says you're you're gonna feel pain for all eternity. He goes, pain is an old friend. Yeah, and he just keeps going. It was yeah. just pretty cool. The, she continues, though, um, and there, there's a conflict because she is drawing power from the dark realm, mm-hmm. and that is, like, absolutely forbidden, but she's drawing power for a greater purpose to, to I don't know, it's for a greater good. Yeah. And everyone in the, the, the monastery, whatever it is, they can't see past that because their doctrine is so strong. You cannot yeah, do yeah, this. Yeah, it's so rigid. But he is yeah. an outsider, and he sees straight through that, and he's able to see things that they're not able to see. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I like that. And mm. and so, like Marvel, the good and the bad is is murky. Yes, DC yeah. is like black and white, but yep. but this is murky. Um, what it means to do good and what it means to do bad. And so she continues, and she says. Um, you know, sometimes you have to break the rules in order to serve the greater good. And also, I like Dr. Strange because he's so petty because he goes straight to Mardo and he goes, well, he wouldn't see it that way. Yeah. Yeah. The, guy, Very the guy that he has conflict with. Yeah. yeah, He has a rivalry with someone that has a different perspective that yeah. is equally right. Derek. And, um, <laughs> but, but, but compliments each other. Yes. Need. yes. Yeah. That's why Nick to. and I need each other. That's what, and this is what this story said. I thought it was just perfect. It and is so, perfect. Bring it, it on. Keep going. And she says, um, she says, Mardo, uh, his spirit can be unmovable because he was forged in the fires of his youth. And so our traditions, sometimes they are good. They're necessary. I, I needed more tradition. I didn't have anything, so I mm. lacked integrity. I would just think and do whatever I want. Mm. I'd take any book off the shelf. No one could tell me otherwise. Mm. I'd be learning all these crazy things. There were good and bad things to that. Yeah. Uh, but you she says... the time stone. But she, I, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I mess with a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Strange looks at him. And he, Dr. Strange is just calling out the ancient one. And yeah. he goes, you have no right to say that. <laughs> and he, I think he says something like, I don't yeah. care or something. I don't even care what she has to handle. Uh, it's wrong. It's wrong. He's right sometimes, yeah, but, but it's also wrong. Yeah. Um, but she says, Mordo needs your flexibility and you need his strength. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was a great line. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great relationship. Their dynamic, just like Captain America and Iron Man, mm-hmm. if you yeah. were yeah. a little more adult-ish, sure. they would get yeah. along a little bit better. <laughs> but yeah. they are still um, both ch- children. children yeah. Yes. But at the end, the, the most striking thing in this story was he has a watch and it's like the last symbol to his old life. 
his watch in his hands actually because his mm-hmm. hands was his profession was his identity mm-hmm. and um, it gets broken in a fight and he still keeps it and he still wears it so at the very end when he becomes Doctor Strange and he's looking out the window yeah. to a reality that he knows nothing about his old life is completely gone he looks at his watch he looks at his cross and his shaking mm-hmm. hands he has the magic to go back mm-hmm. and have his own yeah, life at the same time yeah. Yeah. he can just avoid this all but Doctor Strange is not about choosing the right choice when the moment comes. Mm. It's choosing the right choice every moment. Oh, wow. And he has to look at his watch and make that decision every day. And I was like, this is a story that I need. This That's story, good. this story yeah. energized me mm. rather than just entertain me. Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, whoa. That's what I love about I, Marvel. I this like captures this. it right yes. here. That's Literally, good. Jason with Iron Man and Joseph. With, with well, Iron also with Iron Man, but with the Avengers as a whole, yeah. and you with Doctor Strange, me with Daredevil, My we all find pieces of what we need for yeah. different moments in our life, mm-hmm. and this is where we're all at right now. So Doctor Strange yeah. is—I'm realizing that's an origin story. So now Doctor Strange has to prove it. Yeah, like, Tony, yeah. Tony Stark was screwing up, screwing up for 23 movies, yeah. but Doctor Strange didn't. Like, Derek's pissed. You guys did not see Derek's reaction. <laughs> But Doctor Strange now has. Um, I just can't wait to see. Uh, well, Doctor Strange is, is screwing it up though, because yeah. why we have the multiverse of madness. Oh, yeah. There's Never a mind. whole lot of other Never variables. Mind. I feel like that no, he be. does. Loki, but Loki. Uh, I mean, no. okay, far. Uh, no way home. Yeah, that's all Spider Man's yeah. fault. He's the yeah. man. He's the, he's the number one villain think, in that I movie. I actually think that's Doctor Strange's fault. You do not yeah. oblige a teenage yeah. like thing like that. Like, like okay, I agree. it is so irrational. He wanted to be the cool dad, and this yeah. yeah. like, he got cool. a little weak. Well, his yeah. decision makes sense because he's. You're right. In the first Doctor Strange movie, his actions are supposed to be for. They're supposed to be selfless. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he is trying to do something that's not in his best interest. Yeah. But for so he is acting in character. Mm-hmm. It's just so dumb. Yeah. But. <laughs> And but we'll like, but we'll like, get okay, to that when we get to we, Spider Man. We just fought a battle. All right, let's. I'll I'll get you into this college, bro. Let's let's yeah. do this. He, uh, he he Spider well. Man's twisting the spell like all over yeah, the place. Doctor like, Strange is still going. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even explain it. Nobody just stop. He's like, eh. but but nobody keep it to the Infinity to Saga. Strange. He has all the answers, and we'll get to just, that. Tony, just just trust me. But, and nobody listens. All right, so we're gonna start to wrap this bad boy up because we could talk about Marvel for hours, and we will talk about it more when we get to Spider Man, X Men, and future episodes. But for now, what we're gonna do is we are going to rake the infinity saga um so i don't know how you guys did it um i've got all 23 ranked you go Um, first you go first you go first because i didn't do all that (laughs) you want me to go first you go first yes (laughs) okay all right, we'll see how many hot buttons, hot takes, uh, how, whose buttons this I push here. This episode a lot of hot takes. Yeah, we're, we're going to see, okay? So just so you know, before I read the list, that even though it's not a film, Daredevil would be at the top of this mm-hmm. list, especially seasons one and three. Probably one of the best Marvel superhero comic book things ever. But for the sake of uh, doing just films here, for the Infinity Saga at the bottom of number 23, please don't stone me for this, ladies out there. Number 23 is Captain Marvel yep. at the bottom. Yep. I oh, am, dude. let me just say that, that I love women and feminism <laughs> and all that stuff, okay? Um, Wonder, Woman, Wonder, Woman <laughs> is, Wonder Woman is in the top 10 greatest comic book movies of all time. That is, um, I love female-led superhero movies when they're done well. Wonder Woman mm. is amazing. Captain Marvel is just bad all around. It bland, yeah. bland in every way is the best way to describe that movie. So, um, but please, please don't think I hate women of this or anything like that. I love Wonder don't Woman. I love many please. great. Okay. 
So, anyways, number 23, Captain Marvel. Number 22, Thor the Dark World. Number 21, Iron Man 3, because of stupid Mandarin twist. Number 20, Incredible <laughs> Hulk. Number 19, Iron Man 2. Number 18, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Number 17, Ant-Man. Number 16, Thor. Number 15, Captain America, uh, the first Avenger. Number 14, Spider-Man Homecoming. Stay tuned till that episode. Yep. Number 13, Doctor Strange. Sorry, Nick. It's no, a little, that's okay. little that's mid, okay. mid-tier. That's okay. 12, Thor Ragnarok. Number 11, uh, the first Avengers movie, which I think is the worst. Um, it's a glorified Saturday morning cartoon for adults. You said the first um, In live action. Yeah, the first Avengers. Really? Yes. We're past glorified this. We're Saturday past morning this. cartoon for adults um, with shallow characters. Oh. And uh, yes, what? I could talk about that for a lot. Dang. Number 10, Spider-Man Far From Home. Number 9, Avengers Endgame. Number 8, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Oof. Number oh. 7, sorry, Nick, I know it's lower than... Oh, man, um, yeah, that's... Number seven, Iron Man, the original. Hot take! Number six, Avengers Age of Ultron. (laughs) Number five, Black Panther. Number four, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number three, Guardians of the Galaxy, volume two. (laughs) Number two. And number two and number one are very close. They are the only two MC movies, MCU movies that I legit love. You didn't say Ragnarok. Like, yeah, I don't think I, you did. I, Ragnarok's number 12. I already yeah, said it. Oh. Um, the only like, two MCU movies I love, that I love and adore um, in the Infinity Saga, and they're very close. Number two, Captain America Civil War, mm-hmm. and number one, Avengers Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? I don't know. You guys could give thoughts on those or just stay your own. I'll just play off yours. Okay. Everything from 20 to 9 or 8 is probably the same. Okay. But I would have Winter Soldier a little higher. Yeah, I, would have I Winter understand. Soldier, Winter Soldier top five. I would take Civil War out of the top five. Ooh, okay. that I would hurts. keep... Um, actually, uh, maybe not. I would do in no order. Yeah, that's Infinity right. Reel War, it back in. Infinity War, Winter Soldier. Uh, maybe just those two. And I'm going to rank. <laughs> that's it. Okay, Civil, Civil as- War is there. Guardians of the Galaxy is there. I like well, Ragnarok. Yeah, I need to see them all. They're, they're there, all. I have them all right here if you need to see them. I like Guardians of the Galaxy is up there, Infinity War, Civil War, and Winter Soldier and Ragnarok. I think those would be my top five. Because those are like, because you're a film guy, and those really are like in a technical level, like the most unique from a filmmaking perspective, right? Well, Ragnarok's the only one that's made, we were talking about this as an actual filmmaker, so these movies can't stand alone outside of the genre of superhero. They're not ranked like Mm. your favorite movies, they would be up there, but Ragnarok has uh, Watiki. Yeah. yeah, and he pushes the boundary, so I like that. My my whole thing with Ragnarok, why it's so low for me, because my biggest pet peeve with the MCU is is the overuse of bathos. And bathos, for those who don't know, it's where you undercut a dramatic moment with humor, oh, humor? and a joke, yeah. which is my one of my cliche like pet peeves in storytelling. I think that defines the and, MCU. That's um, the whole yeah, thing. that yeah. that's why I have a hard time with a lot of these films, honestly, uh-huh. because I like emotion and drama, yeah. and that's why Daredevil. You never get bathos in there, but um, I like in Civil oh, War. I forgot about Daredevil. That would be I would I would yeah. bounce Ragnarok and put Daredevil there. Well, yeah, if we ranked it, yeah, but that's why I like yeah. Civil War be- a lot because. Um, the airport scene is your your fun fight with yeah. Bathos, and they get that out. They it, they get that out in that fight, mm-hmm. and the rest of the movie is it's, very grounded and serious drama. Yeah, um, which I love. Which I love. Why that. is Winter Soldier so low? It's 
It's just because the other films are higher. That's it's it. nothing mm. wrong with Winter Soldier. It's not bad. I don't emotionally connect with Winter Soldier as a mm. movie well. I, I connect more with Age of Ultron, which I know, yeah. like, emotionally, yeah. I felt yeah. more things watching Age yeah. of Ultron, like those character moments, the farm scene, stuff agree. like that. I would, I would just um, say Winter Soldier is more but, exciting. Yeah, I, so I, agree. I, I agree. I agree on, on a real level. Emotionally, yeah. it does not connect as. Yeah, I agree I'm yeah. a big emotion it's guy. Espion, uh, no, uh, yeah, it's like a spy. Yeah. Espion, yeah. Joe, Jason. Um, best I, and worst so my I'm gonna go from I guess I'll go from bottom to top uh, least favorite I'm not gonna do all of them but least favorite fine. out of all of them is Captain Marvel um, <laughs> sorry ladies I feel terrible so again but like this I have I didn't do all the rankings but Doctor Strange Captain America 1 and Iron Man 3 are all kind of tied for the bottom okay um, ooh, ooh Endgame interesting and Far From Home are tied okay then Guardians wow. Guardian, uh, Iron Man 2 and Guardians 2 are tied Iron Man ooh ouch that hurts so, uh, Iron Man, Civil War, Ragnarok, Winter Soldier, Age of Ultron, then Infinity War as my top. Age of Ultron is your second? Mm-hmm. I love <laughs> wow. that movie. I, that's, that's the mo- I, I watched that movie in theaters about like seven times when it came out. That's I, do I do think, seven I, times? I do think yes. Iron Man should jump up way higher than most people have it. That was the original. Yeah. And that was like, that had the most impact and it was mm-hmm. a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Wow, Age of Ultron number two. And yeah. what was your number three again? My number three was Winter Soldier. Okay, I'm trying to just get everyone's top three in my head. So, um, okay, Jason, what top, about you? I'm really terrible at hierarchy and rankings, but I can just go. These I didn't like. These I did like a lot. Okay, so I have the bottom. I have. A I would put both the Thor movies. I've only watched a the little first bit of two. Them. You mean? Yeah. I, okay. But I couldn't mm. finish them. Uh, and then Captain Marvel is a little bit higher than them, but not really. Really. Um, I'd but I, it's because I couldn't finish the two, and I could finish that one. The that's, first Thor movie is Shakespearean. Yeah. It really is a great, like, epic story. Hmm. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, I agree. There's a lot of problems <laughs> no. It's more with like it. a hmm. Maybe I should watch it and actually see if that's real. Completely. Parts of it, it are. That's the problem with okay. that movie. Parts of it are. Um, Anyways, I didn't really like. Iron Man 2 so much. In terms of middle ground, I kind of say the other ones. Uh, Homecoming wasn't super awesome. Yeah, It was okay. It kind of got better as the trilogies went on. Yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, I really did like Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, especially when 1 came out. It was just so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those movies exciting. are great. I wish we yeah. could have talked more about them. Yeah, yeah. It was, we didn't talk about them all. But Gar- it, it was just best, awesome best soundtracks, movie. you know, like best yeah. in terms of like pop I mean, music. Marvel doesn't have any other real soundtracks. No. I mean, some ACDC with Iron Man movies, but I mean, yeah, but yeah. 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 That's, yeah, that's it. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say that the first Iron Man, I rewatched that recently. And that was a great movie. Yeah, holds up it, well. It really was good. Civil War was a lot more deep than mm. I, because I watched that one recently again. You got to see Winter Soldier before that. I yeah. know. And yeah, I, I know. And I've, I have, I have committed the that. cardinal sin, folks, of not seeing Winter Soldier. Yeah, bro. So we will be remedying that very, very soon. <laughs> Maybe <minutes>. tonight. <laughs> yep. In ten minutes. <laughs> In ten minutes. Uh, I did. I did like Age of Ultron. It was. It was okay. Infinity War was amazing. Endgame was about the same as Age of Ultron. Mm. Uh, give or Ooh, take. that hurts, that right, hurts. Joe? Yeah. Doesn't that hurt? You feel yeah, that? that yeah, I, feel, I, feel I feel like that, right? Ultron is more fun. Yeah, I'd rather is. watch Ultron, but I feel like Endgame's a better movie. Really? Does that kind of make sense? No. It, uh, I, I would rather throw on Ultron, but... Really? Oh, what about the bar scene in Age of Ultron where they're just sitting around having drinks? I like that a lot. It's very... 
The, it's 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 Age of Ultron is the most human. Yeah, yeah. thank yes. you. It it's the most them. humanizing of the Avengers. Movies. Pick and choose when that's okay. Not in the Star Wars. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm tired. Is, you're about as salty as the ground they fought nah, on. I'm ready for. I'm ready for Winter Soldier. Jason, what are your favorites, Jason? Uh Infinity War for sure. It was really fun. I was Team Thanos. I was really happy when I was. I was Team Genocide. He sacrificed. You lost all your. Cred right there. He sacrificed his daughter. It's still murder. Other than them. <laughs> what are we on? So is Infinity War your favorite? I don't know if it's my favorite. I, I'm really bad at picking up one favorite. But Jason does Infinity not War. like ranking things, yeah. by the I don't way. Either. So I like, I'm sorry, I know I push I'm you guys I'm the opposite to make of Derek completely. Guys. Yeah, I have rankings for everything. You guys should get on, come on, guys, groups. get on Letterboxd so we can like. In the middle, I don't even care. Yep. About. Yeah. Oh, I, you know what? I'm going to say this. What are you going to say? I really did like the Ant-Man movies. I thought they were fun. The first one was probably the... Actually, I don't know. You'd be Ant-Man. First one yeah, was I think I, First one's better. You do you do mix with Ant-Man yeah, pretty well. Yeah, you'd be, you'd be Ant-Man. It, it, was, it was fun. <laughs> yeah. it, even, even, he's, the, he's, the, he's the one... He's my favorite on Captain America's team in Civil War. Uh-huh. They're like, oh yeah, my gosh. Guys are kind in of Civil War, I like him though. that is yeah. by far his best movie is in Civil oh, yeah. War. Because he actually gets to be Giant-Man. Yeah. In the yeah. comics... He could go back and forth between being Ant Man oh, and Jam- Giant Man, and I'm like watching in his movies. I'm like, why is he ever growing big? Like that's a big, pun intended, part of his character. <laughs> and in Civil War, when he grows big, and and Spider Man cussing is the funniest thing ever because he like never really yeah. cusses. So like me, I don't know what was funnier, like <laughs> him growing, but or Spider Man like dropping dropping an S bomb, like you and know, because he used a that- Star Wars reference to to beat him. Yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, I love right. Civil War, guys. Uh, Please, can we watch uh, that tonight? Nice. I'm down. I'm ah, oh, it's so good. He makes an Empire Strikes Back, which you, you guys can actually agree on. Guts. <laughs> See, I'm glad know? Peter Parker. I'm glad Peter Parker knows Jedi what the joke. best Star Wars yeah. is. <laughs> just wait. Just give me time. Just give me time. Yeah. All right, we're gonna wrap this up. So the last question I always ask you guys is, how does um, whatever we're talking about inspire you uh, to live a meaningful story in your life? And so, how do and just these are, these are your final thoughts, closing mm. thoughts. How does Marvel, how do these superheroes inspire you to live a meaningful story? Nick, why don't you start? Oh, I need a little more time. I, yeah, I saw how contemplative I was, and it was yeah. really funny for you to call on him. <laughs> Joe, why don't you start? Oh, okay. Um, what's it called? So, since um, I grew up with the character, since I grew up with the character of Iron Man, his um, story has connected with me the most. Okay. It's that running off of um, emotion... Being in a in a, in a um, state where you can't trust anyone, but going to a path where it's like, okay, I can trust these people, but I'm still doing it in my own way and not in a way that is healthy, and then transitioning over to, okay, I'm actually doing this the healthy way. It's not just an egotistical thing, but it is because I truly love these people, um, and that's honestly what's been the most connective thing with me, which is again, which is why I love Iron Man because I relate to him the most. Um, but it's just inspired me to have these relationships, but in relationships in a way where it's everyone benefits. Not just me that benefits, but everybody um, benefits in a relationship. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, I just like them. And I, and, <laughs> yeah. and I get to enjoy it with people yeah. that also like them. Mm. So I feel like that's how I'm living a better life uh, with people as we enjoy these things. I remember watching Endgame and, and at the end where uh, they all come out of 
the portals yeah. and the music starts playing yeah it's a like, great scene i started to get emotional and i'm just yeah. like i'm crying but i realized that it's just tapping into that part of all of us where we are victorious we yeah. overcome and that's in every single one of us yeah and so these stories are just so universal and we get to share them together so that helps me live a better life just the fun the adventure the things that are cool that's just on a simpler level just these things are they're just exciting they're exhilarating they're pushing the boundaries of our own imagination and it's just like Nick said it's just fun it's just cool but a lot of the other things when it comes down to the heroics or what the character's doing or what is at the core of who I am, who is actually there. Out of all the stuff that I can do, the image that I have to other people, the image that I think that I am to myself, who is at the core of what I'm really doing and what I really care about, what's driving me, what's motivating me. Um, and that's why I picked Iron Man is because there's all this all these things that he's doing all these things that he's trying to be but mm -hmm. what really is driving him and i mm. think what what yeah. actually is the core of what i care about is it if it's is it selfish or is it selfless that's a question that i that i often examine so there's a graphic novel called the called marvels mm -hmm. it was published in 1994 and it's about a reporter or a photographer, sorry, named Phil Sheldon. He's just an ordinary guy. And he begins doing, taking photos and doing stories on the Marvel superhero. So it actually is taking you through the history of the Marvel comics. Like the literally starts off with the human torch and Submariner, like I mentioned, mm. then Captain America comes in and it literally like takes you through the history of how the comic developed, but through a story. And it's a, through the eyes of an ordinary person. So one of the things you never really get in Marvel is what is the the average Joe who doesn't have superpowers? What is their perspective on everything? And so you literally see the Avengers, the X-Men, all these you know uh, characters, Fantastic Four, Spider-Man, Silver Surfer. You see them all through his eyes. And you see how w these actions affect an everyday ordinary person. And you know he's very jaded because... These characters are flawed and he's judgmental of them and of what they're doing and stuff. And there's a, a moment where he, so he's trying to, um, he's trying to clear Spider-Man's name because there was a time in the comics where Spider-Man was framed for the murder of Captain Stacy. Mm. Um, it was really Doc Ock who did it, but um, he goes to interview Captain Stacy's daughter, which of course is Gwen Stacy. And when he interviews her, uh, the Submariner um, is, in the city and there's like rain coming down from the sky and Gwen um, who's just like I think like she's just supposed to be like 19 at this point and she sees the rain and she looks up and she just smiles and there's like you know she's just like in awe and wonder that she lives in a world full of such possibility mm. and this is what he says in, in the monologue here he said he says um I saw the wonder and delight in her face and knew the mistake I'd made. So some of us belittled the marvels so we didn't appreciate them. And this is a metaphor for heroes in general. The marvels are about people who try to do what's good in a very chaotic world. He said that wasn't important. They weren't here to win the approval of the petty and small-minded. They were here to save the innocent, mm. to save people like Gwen 
the story of Marvel is a story about ordinary people who are given extraordinary abilities and they're just trying to do the best with what they have. Mm -hmm. And, and it's him recognizing that a true hero is not out there trying to win approval. They're trying to do what's best for the people. They're trying to love their neighbor. And he sees that. And the tragedy of that, of course, is that moments later in that scene, um, Gwen Stacy is taken. Yeah by the Green Goblin and she's oh. killed mm-hmm. and Spider-Man couldn't save her. And it's this realization that even in our best, we still are going to fail and make mistakes, which is why my other piece here is back to the Daredevil Born Again story where Karen Page sells Matt Murdock's secret identity as Daredevil for a shot of heroin, way oh. darker than the move, than the show. Jeez. And Matt, his life is ruined because that information gets yeah. to Kingpin like in the show. And Kingpin destroys both Matt Murdock's life and Daredevil's life. And he's broken. He's got nothing left. The season three is is pretty perfect adaptation of that. But there's this moment, there's this moment where Karen Page, who is so overdosed on drugs that she's going to die. And she's in an abusive relationship. She's literally fleeing for her life. And she knows that Matt is the one person who she could, not Daredevil. That's the interesting thing. It's Mm. Matt. Blind, flawed, Catholic boy Matt. He's the only one who's shown any compassion for her in her life. And she seeks him out and finds him. And she confides and confesses everything she's done and how she has ruined his life. And this is what the panel says here. Nothing he'd said Matt did when she told him all that she had done. Matt laughs like a boy and says, I've lost nothing. And Karen didn't understand, but Matt embraced her and held her and knew exactly what to say and when to make her eat and how to touch the muscles in her back to make her sleep. That's his senses. In other words, he sensed what she needed and was there for her. Because Matt still believes that redemption is possible for anyone, even the most hopeless among us. Because she represents the people that we're called to love in life. And these stories about superheroes are stories about identity. Not who am I? Because none of these people, unless you're a mutant, none of these people were born like this. They all experienced transformations in their lives. And so the story of a superhero, of a Marvel superhero, is not the story of who am I. It's the story of who am I becoming And that, I believe, is the journey and the story that each one of us are embarking on with our lives. So we'll end there. It was deep. Put it like that, then Iron Man. Iron Man's got the greatest arc. He does. Yeah. 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 So if we look at life that way, you know. Joe, you tell stories too. Mm -hmm. You tell stories through your stop motion. I I do. So, you know, how does all this with Marvel, how does that tie into what you do? So um, it's interesting because everybody in this room has either been in a stop motion, has um, is about to be in a stop motion, or is currently in one of my stop motions. Yeah. But what some people have kind of picked up on is that my um, series, I'm working on a 
uh, 24 movie series, and that's where the um, where the MCU has really inspired me. But it's all a continuous story. Um, but it's really a, um, I would say, a mirror into my life during the time periods that I was creating these things. Where I was, I've been working on this series since 2000. I would say 2013, 2014. Oh. So I've been. It's, wow. it's it's I've been working on it, but now I've had the time to actually show these stories so mm-hmm. creating drafting these stories they were in my time period where um i was in a and i would say kind of in a darker place but mm-hmm. each thing kind of shows the moments in my life that are significant like i would say the first movie i made righteous force that's um that is about heroes coming together to fight a demon the deeper part of that is each person I put in my movie is someone that's kind of represent uh, is actually someone that's in my life. Mm. Um, so in this movie, these the characters are in um, in this movie are characters that are part of my youth group. Wow, my youth group we were a strong we were a strong um, a spirit we were a spiritually strong team, mm-hmm. but because we let the enemy in. That's when we started to become divided, and that's what we lost. Ah. Our um, our youth group now. There's only like a few of us that really still talk to each other. A lot of people have either walked from the faith, walked away from the faith, sure. either um, are dealing with some things uh, that you know because of their actions, things have led to this. But it's it's showing that because in that movie we lose, yeah, and in real life we lost that spiritual warfare, yeah, because we weren't connected, we weren't united, and we didn't mm-hmm. stand against it together. Um, in this new movie I'm working on, it's called our, it's called our savior's rage. This was during a time in my life where I was angry with myself. I was angry, angry around, um, because of the things around me, things, the situations, situations that happened between uh, me and family members. So I, I was in this period where I was pushing people away and I wasn't being my true self mm. in this movie. You're going to see that that kind of shows, um, that that kind of shows, I don't want to spoil it too much. But it, you will see these things. And as, uh, after everything, you know, all these movies are said and done, you will kind of see a resemblance in a sense of my story and of my life and what I've have dealt with and the struggles I've overcome. Isn't that what great art does? Too? Yes. It's a reflection I, of the storyteller. It, it helps, you know, it helps. And the it's therapeutic. State. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's um, hopefully the next movie will be out May 28th. But yeah, it's this is a, a little deeper look inside behind the things that I, I do. I appreciate that. And if people wanted to go watch those films, what's the best way they can do that? Yes, you can go to my YouTube page at Joe Lee Stark twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Please, please watch them. They're fun. <laughs> Even besides Bet. the deeper stuff, they're pretty fun to watch. And if you do want to have um, more opportunities to reflect on your story um, through workshops and classes or one on one life coaching, please go to allthingsnarrative.com. Connect with me through social media. And yes, that's what we are here for. Um, so thank you guys for being on the show. Thank you. And we yeah, will be back pleasure, next yeah. month to wrap up our Disney franchises whoop, whoop. by talking about Disney and Pixar animation. Yes. yes. I can do that one. So <laughs> get ready because if Jason and I's conversation last night is any oh, indication, man. we Ooh. are going to be duking I'm really it out. Mad. I'm really <laughs> mad about one thing he said. What did he say? He said, uh, don't say yeah. Come on, speak BD. All right, thank you all. This is your friendly narrative practitioner, Excelsior, and Will Nick is laughing at my 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 phrases. Listen, everyone needs a catchphrase, right? So, 
All right, man. All things Dare to Podcast. We'll be back. Thank you so much and take care. Thank you, guys. Bye.